Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on October 2nd, 2022 on the basis of Luke chapter 17, verses 1 to 10. It has been said that when a senior in high school graduates, they know everything, but are ever closer to realizing that they know nothing. If you're smiling at that, maybe you have a high school senior in the house. Uh, maybe you're remembering back to that time in your life. At that time, you had been in school for a long time, and you had learned a lot of stuff, and you had lived for not an insignificant amount of years, so you figured you had life pretty well handled. But it likely wasn't too long before you realized how much you didn't know. That humbling comes pretty quickly, and after it comes, you realize just how much you have left to learn. You know, perhaps the same thing could be said about becoming a Christian. That as you grow in your knowledge of God and His Word, you also begin to realize just how much more there is to learn and how much room you have to grow. Because the depths of Scripture can seem vast and boundless. Another thing that tends to happen to the gradually maturing Christian is an ever-growing awareness of their own sin and their need for a Savior. The maturation process brings with it the sharpening of a previously dulled conscience. When you become a Christian, thoughts, words, and actions that, that weren't recognized as sins before are now revealed for what they are, sins. Do you remember a man named Zacchaeus? He he was that that short tax collector that wanted to see Jesus, so he climbed up in the sycamore tree. Well, Zacchaeus was known in his community as a sinner, likely a, a cheat. He cheated people out of money and used his position as a tax collector to do it. But after he met Jesus and talked with Jesus, he vowed to give half of his possessions to the poor and pay back those he cheated four times over. He now knew that he had sinned by doing this. He had grown in that awareness. And now he was determined to make it right as a response to the gospel, to what he learned from Jesus. That really is the life of a maturing Christian. You grow ever more aware of your sin and your need for a Savior. But it is certainly not a reason to despair. Because the Apostle Paul says... Where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In other words, this is something that God is aware of too. He knows that as you grow, you will become more conscious of your sin. And it's a good thing when you do. But God also wants you to cling to His grace ever tighter knowing that His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is certainly big enough to take away all of your sins. In a similar way to everything that we've talked about already, as you grow as a Christian, the duties and responsibilities in your life will expand. Let me explain a bit, and I'm going to speak in generalities here. Most people feel a sense of duty toward family, right? to love their spouse, to provide for their children, to care for their aging parents. Most understand the responsibilities that come with being a member of a family. 
Maybe in a similar way, you naturally have the same care and concern for friends. That, that care and concern, that sense of duty extends outside of your family and to your close friends. But generally, outside of family and close friends, other people are of little concern. And it's not that you hate them, but you feel no sense of duty toward them. Oh, but then you listen to Jesus. And you hear that it's God's will for you to love your neighbor. And then you learn from Jesus that your neighbor is not just your family or your friends or the the people that you love or even just your actual next door neighbors. Your neighbor is everyone. And as soon as you hear that, your duty as a Christian has expanded from your inner circle to a world full of people. You have a duty as a Christian to love others and the Bible even shows us many ways to do that in a God-pleasing way. And today we're going to focus on two of the ways that we can love our neighbor. Here's the first one. Don't put stumbling blocks in the way of little ones. Now, when Jesus mentions little ones here, it may have two meanings. He could be talking about those who are physically little, children. Or he could be talking about those who are little in faith, or they are new to faith. And either way, the duty is clear. Don't be a stumbling block to them. So it's not altogether necessary for us to determine which group he's talking about because the command is clear enough. Now, to be clear, Jesus tells his disciples that that they shouldn't be surprised when those stumbling blocks come. We live in a sinful world full of sinful people, and even Christians still have their sinful nature. But the command that Jesus gives is personal. It's similar to the command that Paul gives to Timothy. He says, watch your life and doctrine closely. He's saying, and the rest of the Bible is saying, the way that you live your life matters. It has an impact on people around you, whether you realize it or not. Then each Christian has the sinful capability to damage the faith of another. Chances are you have met someone like that. Met someone who doesn't go to church anymore because they've been burned by the church in the past. They were so appalled at the behavior of the Christians in their previous church that it even caused them to doubt God. Now they stay away from church because they stumbled over the stumbling block that someone else put in their way. Jesus cares deeply about the young and those who are new to the faith. He shows us just how significant this damage is when he says, it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck. So he gives a solemn warning. He says, Watch yourselves. That's Christian duty part one. Here's Christian duty part two. Forgive the repentant no matter how many times they sin against you. Now, if you don't really think about that, you say, of course, of course I will forgive. But if you really think about that, or if you've really been hurt in a significant way before, you may respond the same way the disciples responded. Increase our faith. Because I don't think we have enough faith to keep forgiving like that. There just comes a time when enough is enough. And I can't just let them off the hook again. That sin is just too bad for me to forgive. I'll have to have them suffer a little bit first. All those thoughts roll through your mind. And you think you just need more faith. I don't have enough to forgive like that right now. And you know what? You're right. And so are the disciples. The disciples looked within themselves and thought, I don't have it in me to forgive that often. 
And if you looked within yourself, you wouldn't find the ability to forgive in there either. If you look for faith within yourself, you will find yourself lacking for this Christian duty every time. One of the things that we learn about faith is that it is only as valuable and strong because of the object of your faith. So if the object of your faith is your own heart, if it's yourself, if it's anything other than Jesus, then you'll never have the strength to keep forgiving. You will always be left to say, as the disciples said, increase our faith. But the faith that you have is powerful. It is this powerful. Jesus says, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Your faith is powerful because it is faith that comes from outside of you. It comes from God. It was given to you by God through the word and the sacraments. And here's exactly how powerful that faith and that forgiveness is. Because it is a forgiveness so powerful that it looks for nothing meritorious in you before granting a full and complete pardon. Paul says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It is forgiveness so powerful that it could even be given to those who are crucifying the one who came to win that very forgiveness. Jesus said while on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. It is forgiveness so powerful that it has conquered the devil and saved you from hell. The writer of the Hebrews says, Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. That is the powerful faith that you have when your faith is in Jesus. That is the forgiveness that you have been given by Jesus. And it is only faith in that forgiveness that could lead you to carry out your Christian duty to forgive. So, direct your faith outside of yourself. Plant it in Christ and carry out your Christian duty. There is this uh, somewhat humorous but seemingly true concept that a marriage enrichment presenter talked about when talking about the differences between men and women in a marriage. Here's the concept. A man and a woman both have point systems in their head in regard to marriage. Uh, Men, on one hand, give themselves points like crazy. He, He gets out of bed in the morning when he'd rather sleep in. He gives himself 500 points. He put in a hard day at work. That's 2,000 points he gives himself. He even put the trash cans out by the curb when he got home without being asked. He gives himself 250 points for that. So when he walks through the door, he feels like he can just kick back and relax. After all, he's way up in points. But here's the problem. His wife has scored his day quite differently. He got out of bed early when he'd rather stay in. Great. She loves him for that one point. (laughs) He worked hard at work. Great. One point. He took out the trash. She loves him for doing that. One point. And so when he walks in the door, he has three points, but his wife has gone this, there, and the other place and done this, that, and the other thing and has racked up 15 points from her day. So he has some catching up to do. It's a humorous story, but it can kind of be what Christians do too. 
We don't actually sit there and keep track of points, but uh, we may faithfully serve and do our duty. We may watch our life and doctrine closely. We may forgive someone several times when even when they don't deserve it. And we may naturally think, I'm earning points with God for serving faithfully in doing my duty this way. But Jesus says that you don't get to leave your humility behind. If your servant does what they're supposed to do, they ought not expect a special thank you for doing what it was their job to do. In a similar way, Jesus encourages us not to twist our service into something that we are doing to earn points with God. He doesn't want us to turn our relationship with him into a transactional relationship because that's not the kind of relationship that we even want with God. He has done immeasurably more than we can even ask or imagine, and there's nothing that we could do to pay him back. And God doesn't want us to pay him back. But he wants us to serve out of thankfulness for what he has done. And when we are done doing our duty, when we are done serving in some way, he wants us to say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. You know, I could say amen there. That's where Jesus stops for today. But I think it's appropriate to leave you with one more thought. When the duty of a Christian seems daunting, when God appears to be asking a lot of you, know this, what God asks you to do, he also equips you to do. What God asks you to do, he works through you, through the the Spirit, to accomplish this. So, with the gospel as your strength and power, carry out your duty. Encourage the little ones, keep forgiving, and serve. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. If you liked this sermon and like the content that we're producing as a church, could you do us a favor? Could you hit subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this on? That helps us be, be heard by more people more often so that more people might hear about Jesus and his love. Take care, have a great week, and we'll see, we'll see you next week for another sermon.